This is the murderer you know. Okay, so back to the murderer you know. Back to the murderer you know. (laughs) Well, friends, we're sorry we missed you for a week without any notice. (laughs) That was a hard week. It was cold here. (laughs) I hope you will forgive us since it's the first time in 79 episodes. And not that you guys come here to hear about my life as opposed to for true crime and mom, but (laughs) I got a new job. Woo! And last week was my last day at my old job. And now I'm enjoying my mini retirement. It's not a retirement. It is a break. For me. Which has also managed to become insanely busy. I was reading, I went to lunch with some friends last weekend and I was reading my calendar to them for the time (laughs) that I'll be off between jobs. And one of them was like, wow, you don't know how to relax. I was like, I would love to relax, but these are things I actually have to get done. Yeah, I know how to relax, sit on the couch and watch 90 Day Fiance endlessly, but... Life just doesn't allow for that sometimes. Well, you know, I agree because I met a new friend on Facebook in one of my many groups and we were chatting back and forth in Messenger. And I was like, there are so many things I need and want to do, but I'm just too busy. And I didn't even mention being And you're actually retired. (laughs) The star of a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's crazy. I just think we we live too hectic of lives. I agree. Because I look at my calendar too and I'm like, I just want, oh, I want two weeks of nothing to do. That would be May, Greece. <laughs> I don't think we're going to be doing nothing. I know, I know. I usually hopefully... feel like I need a vacation from vacations. <laughs> That's true. but Because I'm like, I'll... I'll never be here again. I have to do everything. <laughs> I know how you feel. I know how you feel. Well, I feel like if I just get through February, March is looking a little less stressful. Well, good for you. Right now. (laughs) In March, I'll be starting my new job. I have almost no idea what to expect other than (laughs) I'm going to be traveling quite a bit, potentially. So here is the plan. This is news to everyone, including mom. Oh, no. Not a huge change. We want to keep bringing you weekly episodes if we can. But while mom is the funny, amazing talent, I do all (laughs) of the research, all of the editing, all of literally (laughs) everything. So the plan is that some weeks we may drop a shorter episode than you're used to hearing. And actually, I think it kind of works out because there are a lot of important cases we would like to cover, but have been holding back on because they were very open and shut or there wasn't a lot of information out there about them. So I think this will actually be nice because we'll be able to cover some of those episodes now. Right. And there's still some... some, Or cases, rather. There's still some dangling cases from last year that we need to check up on to see if there are any updates and just cover those real quickly Mm -hmm. if we get an update. 
So it'll give us some time to do updates, to do shorter stories. And we are going to keep pushing forward with our parallel episode idea. So maybe we'll do a short and a long or a couple shorts and a long for each theme. Maybe there will be an update on a case from last year that we'll cover during that week. That way you're still getting the same quantity and quality of <laughs> contentity. <laughs> As we move into this period of new adventure. Yes, very new adventure. Well, congratulations on your new job. Thank and you. I'm glad we're going to slog away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> That's the plan. So slog. what slog? What is our what is our parallel this week? Our parallel episode from last year. We covered the oh, enormously sad story of a young kid and one-time band geek making, in our words from last year, the worst mistake imaginable after tensions rose in the home he shared with his parents. Yep. Pretty terrible. This is also the anniversary, by the way, of me asking dad to be on the podcast and <laughs> saying... No, thank you. Next. <laughs> so anyway, if you want to learn more about that story, complete with a handwritten letter, jailhouse Tinder, other interesting features, you can check out episodes 31 and 32. Now, during the last, I guess it wasn't technically the last two weeks since we skipped a week, but ignoring our skipped week, during the last two episodes, we talked a lot about mental health. Yeah. I am not a mental health expert. We must, must, must get therapists back on here. ASAP. I know I keep talking about that, but I suck at scheduling things and answering Facebook messages. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> I think there's probably an element of mental health issues in the story that we're going to discuss today. I think if you kill somebody, you're not completely normal. Right there, we can Does jump seem to that. that way. We can jump to that conclusion. There could be a lot of different things. You're a narcissist, you're self-centered, you're drug addicted, but in every case, you're just not a regular person. You don't think a life. regular person has ever killed someone? Let me think about that. No. <laughs> what about in like self-defense? Oh, yeah. Or defense yeah. of their child or something. Oh, yeah. But that, I don't consider that. You don't consider that murder. killing? I didn't murder. say murder. I said kill. <laughs> you know, the the old, the, the Ten Commandments that say that we always interpret as thou shalt not kill. Actually, the, the real words, if you go back to the original, I don't know, Greek or Hebrew or Latin or whatever, uh -huh. is thou shalt not murder. Because even back then, I think they saw the difference between killing somebody, which is sometimes like in war, you have to kill people. Or if somebody attacks you, you may have to kill them. That that was different than murder, than plotting mm. murder. Interesting. So. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, not as far back as the, <laughs> the old time Testament. of the Bible, <laughs> but our story is going to, we have some little bits and pieces before from earlier on, but our story is going to reach its conclusion in the first weeks of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. 
we all went through that time and know that it was rough. Obviously more so for some people than for others, but it was hard on the collective mental health of the world, I think. And that was a shared experience, but life can generally be terribly hard. And if one person hears this story, which is why I'm glad we can do some of these smaller stories and recognizes some part of their situation in it and reaches out for help or anything, it is so important to learn about these stories and to try to understand and to be kind and to try to be better. We all strive to be kind and to be better. Let me At get least off we my... all should. <laughs> Let me get off my soapbox. I think I turned okay. into Lawyerina <laughs> channeling her. We must channel her. We must <laughs> hold a candle up in remembrance of Lawyerina. <laughs> Our story centers around a family in what most people would describe as an idyllic, quiet, small Virginia community. Now, before the pandemic was even a thought, still not in Bible times, (laughs) but in 2007, a 42-year-old man and a 41-year-old woman fell in love and got married. She had two kids from a previous relationship, and they settled in a small town, different small town, of just over 4,000 people. That's small. The new husband, a trade school graduate, had a pretty good job, making around $35 an hour, but he wasn't perfect. In 2016, he was charged and found guilty in absentia with the misdemeanor of driving under a revoked or suspended license. And in 2018, he got another misdemeanor for driving while restoration of license is dependent on furnishing proof of financial (laughs) responsibility. Wow. I wish we thought that one up. (laughs) It's such a mouthful. And amazingly, it's exactly what it sounds like. And I still don't understand. (laughs) Yes, I agree. (laughs) So so he was charged with this mouthful of stuff that none of us can even (laughs) repeat or contemplate. (laughs) Correct. And by December of 2019, he had unfortunately been laid off from his job. And the family was struggling. On December 19th and 20th of 2019, his wife made the following posts on her social media platforms. I love this time of year, but it hasn't been a happy one. We had our ups and downs, but I really thought it was going to be a good Christmas for us. The last three years have been bad, not able to give my daughter and her three kids and my son and his two kids Christmas so they would have things from Mimi and Pops this year. But my husband has been out of work. And then on a repost of an image which stated, it hurts when you go through something that kills you inside, but you have to act like it doesn't affect you at all, she wrote, This is so very true. I knew we were in trouble when we had no place to go when my husband was laid off, making a little bit over $35 an hour with 12-hour shifts 
to no work for weeks, using almost all of the money we had saved. So no choice but to go back here and move into my in-laws house where I am not like at all. Each day is harder for me. I am trying to keep from busting my sister right in the mouth, but I am so damned to respect her mother in her house. His mom and dad are in there, 80. Four years of name calling, locking outside the men I walk to smoke a cigarette. I am 53 years and I am done with the bullshit. I'm confused. She mentions her sister. Does she mean her sister-in-law? Yes, I think she means her sister-in-law. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking, why is her sister living in her in-law's house? <laughs> yeah, because it turns out that on the eve of the pandemic... The couple did indeed move in with her in-laws, her Mm. 88-year-old father-in-law, her 83-year-old mother-in-law, and her 63-year-old sister-in-law. And they had little other assistants. I read that her husband was getting $350 each month from food stamps. And I imagine tensions were high. But generally, neighbors said the family members were friendly and quiet that they didn't see them much. Sometimes they would see the now 55-year-old husband on the porch with his wife. One time when a tree fell from this family's property onto a neighbor's yard, he came over with a chainsaw to remove it and was friendly. He was handy and he tried his best to flex those skills after finding himself unemployed, posting on his social media that he had his own wood shop and could build furniture and storage shelves, and more, imploring any who saw his post to call him, please. While things may have seemed relatively normal to neighbors, something was brewing or suddenly snapped inside that home. Starting on March 28th, 2020, police received several phone calls Just to put this in perspective, this Uh is right about the time that they closed things down, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And at that time, we thought, oh, yeah, we'll stay home for a month. (laughs) Yeah. So this is right after the shutdown. Mm -hmm. Starting on March 18th, 2020, police received several phone calls from a concerned citizen who had not seen her friends, an 83-year-old and 63-year-old mother-daughter pair, since around March 3rd. She was worried and she was persistent and she called quite a few times. And on the very day of this friend's first call, Officers went to the home to do a welfare check. They ran into none other than the son slash brother of the women who told them nothing to worry about. Crisis averted because his mom and sister were simply out of town on a planned trip in Georgia. Hmm. I don't know if it's because of the pandemic and because things were shut down or because of his behavior. I really don't know. But from the beginning, officers suspected that something was off at the home and a weeks long investigation commenced. We don't have a lot of information, you know, again, which is part of the reason why we sort of had this story on the back burner. We don't know what happened between March 28th and April 22nd, which is the next time that the officers returned to the home around 5 p.m. This is like a month. A month, almost. I'm curious, of course, you don't have this information. When they went there, they only talked to the the son. 
they didn't see, hey, can we talk to your dad or anything like that? Not as far as I know. Okay. So they go back to the house a month later. Yes. And they again spoke with brother slash sonny boy. And he reiterated that his mom and sister were in Georgia, where they had been for approximately five weeks. He also told the investigators that he last spoke with his mom and sister over the phone on the Tuesday prior, which was April 14th. In response, officers asked him if his phone had caller ID and if he could show them this phone call in his call log. He said it did and he could, but ultimately he, this is a quote from the police report, could not produce the fact that they had called. While in the house having this conversation about the phone call, deputies noticed a blue sheet with a large red substance on it, which appeared to be blood. Ah, the old red substance. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love a red substance. So they decided to just ask this man if they could look around his house. Specifically, they asked if they could look around back, and he agreed. When they entered the yard, investigators noticed an odor of decomposition coming from the area of the pool. Some fun sprinkles, I'll mix them in here, about the pool specifically, and the smell. One neighbor indicated that the pool had been empty and in disrepair since at least 2017 when they moved in. Another neighbor who was doing yard work on April 11th also noticed the smell and jokingly said to herself that there was something dead over there in her neighbor's yard. (laughs) That's a joke. (laughs) Yeah, but she apparently didn't think much else of it. It's very hard to wrap your head around like, oh, yeah, there's a dead body in my neighbor's yard. Mm -hmm. So you just laugh it off or just shrug it off. Or you just assume like a a possum fell into the dilapidated pool and broke its leg or something. I'm sure your first thought wouldn't be dead humans. No, no. While in the yard, investigators asked the 55-year-old if he killed his mom, just straight up. And he said yes, adding that she was in the pool. He then also admitted to killing his sister and placing her in the pool as well. But they're just laying in this empty pool. He didn't even bury them? Nope. Okay. At 8.22 p.m., investigators returned with a search warrant and found two sets of human remains in that very same pool. I'm curious. Where's the wife and the father? They're there. So the police have seen them? Yes. And, (laughs) okay. And And I I think the couple's son also lived there. Oh, they had a son too? Well, her oh, son. Her, her son. son. Well, probably wasn't her son actually now, to, now that I think about it. One of the articles I read said a child lived there. So maybe it was one of their grandchildren or I don't know who it was. Maybe it was just not an accurate statement. I didn't include it, but. So a bunch of people are living in this house. There are two dead bodies in the pool and everybody's like, this is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the wife would be happy since her mother-in-law and sister-in-law were horrible to her, but... No, they, I mean, they claimed they had no idea. So they thought they had also gone to Georgia. I guess. Officers also confiscated during this 
execution of the search warrant, the blue bed sheet and some other bedding, an axe handle, a pipe, a piece of fabric from a chair, and several other items. They believed that the women were killed inside the home due to the, what did they call it? Red substance. Red substance (laughs) on the sheet. And while investigators initially said it was unknown how the women were murdered, likely sometime between March 4th and April 22nd, the ME determined that the most likely cause of death was blunt force trauma. So this sheet is laying on the floor in the house with blood all over it, and none of the other residents even say, like, maybe we should wash that sheet. I I guess not. (laughs) His parents were elderly. His dad was 88. Who knows how up and about he might have been. There wasn't really any information about him. Right, but I'm thinking the wife would say, why is this sheet laying here in the hall? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like I said, she claimed to have absolutely no idea. Maybe she wasn't around. Maybe maybe she'd been staying with one of her kids. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. During COVID, were we allowed to even visit people? What do you mean? <laughs> Think the police were going to be like knocking on doors, <laughs> arresting people? I don't you know, weren't people... supposed to, but no yeah. one was going to enforce it, I don't think. I don't know. People were so freaked out about not seeing other people. God, I remember like practically wearing radiation suits to go grocery <laughs> shopping. <laughs> you uh, laugh. No, You're traumatized. It was. It was. It was a, I tried to like wipe it all from my mind. It was so awful. <laughs> it was. So she claims she doesn't know anything. The father probably doesn't even know what planet he's on. <laughs> and this supposed kid who lives in the house we don't know anything about him correct but we know the husband has confessed he has confessed and on that same wednesday he was taken into custody and charged at 2 a.m the very next day on thursday with two counts of second degree murder and two counts of this is another mouthful disposing of a dead body on private property without the permission of the owner Excuse me, could I dispose of a dead body on your property? (laughs) With your permission. (laughs) I just need your permission so I don't get charged with doing it without your permission. (laughs) I guess that charge would be disposing of a dead body on private property. With permission. Just take the permission part out entirely. (laughs) Now you say he was charged at 2 a.m. You mean 2 p.m. They're not going to charge him at 2 a.m. No, I've talked to a lawyer about this before. They take your ass right to the magistrate. (laughs) They don't care what time it is. I was wondering, I didn't have any question about the 2 a.m., but I was wondering, (laughs) and maybe some of you are as well, why he was initially charged with second degree murder. Right. I mean, maybe they thought it was a heat of passion kind of thing, spur of the moment. Well, I think they just want to charge him with something. And then Mm. after the investigation, they can change it up. Maybe. In order to, I guess, keep him in jail, they have to get some charges on him. Well, I'm not the best person to speak to exactly how any of that happens. But on May 18th, 2021, more than a year. Wait, a year? Uh Uh-huh. He's been in prison a year. Mm -hmm. And nothing even has really happened yet. 
I don't well, know. I like I said, not the best person to speak to how any of this happens. Well, I know he... the courts were also. Oh, that's right. The courts were closed for a little yeah. while. Yeah. I mean, that probably was part of it. Good point. Right. So he sits lolling in prison because the courts are closed and backed up and whatever. So a year later. Yes. The now 56-year-old man finally went before a grand jury. Uh-huh. And the grand jury was not presented an indictment for the second degree murder. Instead, they were presented with indictments for the two misdemeanor charges, the disposing of a body on private property without permission thing, and four felony charges, two for each of the women, for first degree murder and for capital murder of multiple mm. people in less than three years. I did a double take because I always forget that we still had capital punishment until 2021. and so once he went to court of course there are a million things that happen statements and paperwork and this and that and i don't even know but the misdemeanors and the capital murder charges were eventually noel prost on june 28th 2022 and he pled guilty to two counts of first degree murder on that very same day he received 198 years in the penitentiary Good Lord. 99 years for each of the women with 148 years suspended for a total of 50 years time served. Well, I don't think he's getting out, but <laughs> but do we have any details like what happened? Why he killed his no. mother? And Nope. No. Nope. Because it didn't go to a jury trial, which is often where we do get a lot of additional details. The things that happen in front of a grand jury. Yeah, I think grand juries are definitely not open to the public or to journalists. So we have no information. That is correct. Which, again, is why we haven't done this story up to this point. Okay. Because we, I like to have as much information as possible, sometimes maybe too much information. But yeah, no, we don't have anything. Other, He also received indefinite probation upon release without any sort of... <laughs> when he's 107, right. when he gets out at 107. Correct. 105, 105, young. Oh, I, I thought he was 56. Yeah, he, he was 55 when the crime happened. Oh, okay. And was, okay. I think I'm sure he would get the time served for the oh, two true. years he had already. I mean, I assume he had already been in prison or jail. We don't know, know really where he was. So he'll yes, be 105 yes. when he starts that <laughs> indefinite probation. Well, so the, the wife who was very unhappy with everything, living at her in-laws and her bitchy sister-in-law and posting it on social media. She never said anything else like, oh my God, my husband's been sentenced to 50 years in prison. No, her, she has, for some reason, three or four different social media pages. Mm. I don't know if some of them are old, if some of them are new. Her husband was friends with all of them. So hard. I mean, I don't think any of them were fake per se, but the only thing really she had like a little, I don't know, tagline at the top of her profile, which was like just trying to breathe and take it day by day, which was the only thing that alluded to. But I will say something I found interesting was that apparently she can't see her grandchildren. She only has visitation 
supervised, supervised, supervised visitation. Supervised visitation with them. I don't know. Again, I wasn't going to put it into the story because I don't know why. It could be completely unrelated to this. But yeah, I well, mean, it could be. It could be. I mean, obviously, she was not charged as an accessory or involved, though it's hard to believe that she didn't that, know anything about it. Right. I mean, like I say, bloody sheet. And where was she when he was bludgeoning these two women to death? Mm-hmm. Eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the kitchen? Maybe it was her and he took the fall. Oh, so you're going. <laughs> he took the blame for her angry bludgeoning that she said she was resisting. <laughs> well, it sounds to me like she had more grievances. I mean, not that we ever heard from him, but yeah, it sounds to me like she was very angry with her mother-in-law and sister-in-law and felt abused by them. And they had treated her badly ever since they got married and on and on and on. So... Yeah, I'm thinking maybe she flipped out. Maybe she flipped out and bludgeoned the sister and the mom walked in and said, what is going on? And she bludgeoned oh. her. And then the husband walked in and said, what the hell? And she's like, help me drag your mother and sister to the pool. The things we do for love. Exactly, exactly. But if I was writing this story, I would definitely put her as the murderer. Oh, poor innocent woman. No one is innocent. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first. Mom likes to blame innocent people if she doesn't have all, every single detail available to her. It just, I don't know. It just seems, I don't know. Yes. Don't be suspicious. I just like to look at all the possibilities. I think it's good. I like to do that too. But you always think of these these quirks of fate. If these two people hadn't met, hadn't fallen in love, hadn't Mm -hmm. gotten married, then Mm -hmm. these two women would not have been killed. I don't know what you want to call it, fate or whatever. But if these two people had never met, then none of this would have happened. And I think if we look back on some of our stories, we we can see that in other cases. It is weird how sometimes good, but also bad pieces can just kind of fall into place. I don't know what else to say. I guess that's that's all, folks. We don't... Yeah, it's another it's sad, awful. sad story. It's awful and it's hard to understand I think for us, because for most of us, we can't imagine a situation having no other conclusion. (laughs) Well, yeah, that there was nothing else these people could have done. I wonder why she couldn't have gone to live with one of her children. I I guess their financial situation was no better. Another sad tale from COVID days. Another sad tale and another awkward ending. (laughs) We just don't know what to say. Hope you like the first shorty. (laughs) Well, I did. Let us know. Email us. Murdereryouknow at gmail.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. We're Murderer You Know podcast. And you know, 
if you've been listening for 80 episodes and you haven't given us a nice review yet, <laughs> you should. You should. We'd appreciate it. We'd appreciate it. We've been working real hard. We want to know if we should keep it up. We want to hear from all our fans. And I have also now had a birthday. Last time you'd had a birthday, I've now had a birthday. So it could be a good joint birthday present for both of us. It could be. (laughs) And happy birthday. It's always nice to make another trip around the sun. It is nice. All righty. Well, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye for now. Ta-ta. Bye-bye.